Yo, yo, what's going on, Train Hard Lift Strong family? This is your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. Now, today on the show, we have our very first medic, firefighter, mother, and sponsored athlete on the show to explain to you all just how fitness really transformed her life. Um, and it's so fascinating on how she got into fitness and her whole entire backstory, uh, you know, on why she is now weightlifting and why and how it benefits her career and how it just benefits her as a woman and a mother. So without further ado, everyone, let's dive in this amazing episode. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast. This is your host, Coach Matt, and today we have an amazing guest speaker on the show, uh, a medic, firefighter, online coach, uh, a mother, and, and even now with everything you know, going on in her life and all this you know, stuff that she has to juggle, still continuing to push and help other people achieve their health and body goals as well, which is absolutely incredible. So without further ado, everyone, let's welcome Miss Presley Pritchard. Hey, Presley. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I was so, waiting for like, people to clap or something. So. I know, like an applause, huh? I'm pretty sure right now, if you're, anyone listening, if you're like listening, applaud right now so she knows you're clapping. <laughs> um, so, so thank you for being here on the show. Um, yeah. uh, for everyone who doesn't know, like, you know who you are or who Presley is, uh, real quick, you can give like a little background and you know, why you, know, you do what you do now, what got you into fitness and all that good stuff. Yeah, no, I, um, so I am a paramedic firefighter. I've been a medic since 2013. I actually got my EMT when I was a junior in high school. Um, so I knew I wanted to do this forever. I had kids at the age of 19 and 21. So I have two girls. I'm a mom. I got into fitness after having my kids. I mean, I was always fit. I always played sports. But as far as getting into lifting and competing, powerlifting, things like that, that actually started after my second daughter was born. And I actually just kind of fell in love with, I found my second passion. My first passion was obviously helping people in a medical way. And my second passion was helping people get fit and healthy so that they could avoid those medical situations. So that's why I'm here. And that's why I do what I do. And I love it. Nice. So you're really big on like, uh, preventative healthcare, like preventing yeah. people. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, so you believe that if people were just to like really push to improve their health and body and stuff, like they could prevent a lot of stuff that would happen. Oh yeah. I see it all the time, especially like on the front lines as being a medic on an ambulance, like every single person that you look at their list is diabetes, like obesity, hypertension, heart attacks. They have every risk factor in the book. And I'm like, if you would have just changed your diet, like quit smoking, like drinking, just drink more water, worked out and were healthier, you could avoid so many of the problems that are out there. But like our healthcare, unfortunately, doesn't really focus on preventative Mm -hmm. medicine these days. It's all like drug pushing and 
just after the fact, after people are already have all that stuff. So Dude, that's nuts. That's what's so cool to have you here because obviously you got both worlds, right? And, and as a paramedic, you're, you're there like the first one on site, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these, these people, most of them, they have all those? Like they really have all those things you just said? Oh, yeah. I'm like surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised anymore, but mm-hmm. half the people who are in the ambulance, unless you're just unlucky and having an accident, about 90% of our calls are medical calls anyway. And most of them are people we see all the time with the same problems. Wow. So it's not like, you know, they're not going to have one or two meds on their list. I mean, they all have a list of medications, a list of health history, surgeries. These people have obviously been dealing with this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So whenever you see this and, and you being a coach, like an online coach and everything, what, what, what do you, what do you think of? What do you like, what are you processing in your head? I mean, I think I'm like pretty sympathetic to most situations, but at some point you just, you're like, how do people get to this point where they like to live going to the hospital every week or going to doctor's appointments like once or twice? I just don't know how people could live that way. Mm-hmm. And I see it and I don't want to be like that. And not only myself, but I see it in my family members too. And people people can't change unless they want to change themselves. Mm-hmm. So, That's- I mean, there's only so much you can do. Right, right. So you, whenever you got into like being a, a, you know, a medic and a firefighter and all that stuff, you said you're already athletic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you have family history of people being firefighters and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Did, did like your passion to help obviously your health and then others, did it just continue to grow and grow as you, you know, continue to go in your career and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Like if I was described at all as a kid, my mom would describe me as like the kid who always went and sat at the table with like the disabled kids or would like buddy up with them at lunch and help them out. Or in gym, I'd be like hanging out with them or like helping them throw a ball or something. I was always that kid always. And I got made fun of a lot for doing a lot of those things. And I don't really care. Like that's how my cousin was. And that's how I wanted to be my cousin that taught me how to play soccer. He died when he was 13 and he was always that like caring, loving person. And that's how I was as a child. Mm -hmm. Like any of my family would tell you that. And I was actually a major hypochondriac too. So there's really surprised I ever went in the medical route. But as I got older, I just knew that I wanted to do something to help people. I didn't know what I thought about being a police officer for a while, firefighter, paramedic, some type of public service career. I actually wanted to go into the military, thought about that. But my dad was a firefighter. My uncle's a firefighter. My cousins, my other uncles, um, NYPD, Mm -hmm. like my family members, my aunt and uncle were in the Air Force. My grandpa's a Marine. So it's like I, I knew that I wanted to do something like that. I don't know if it was just genetically in me, but I truly felt like that was my calling. Dang, so your family's stacked with all these first responders and like, you know, military. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. So, okay, so you have two daughters. I do. You do. Okay, how was, uh, obviously, like, you you said you had them at 19 and then 20? Um, I guess I was, well, I was 19 when I got pregnant and I had my first daughter when Mm -hmm. I was 20. Mm -hmm. And then I had my second daughter when I was 21. I had her. Got pregnant when I was 21. I had her when I was 22. Right. So you really had to grow up kind of fast. Yeah, I felt like I was pregnant for two years straight. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, basically, huh? That's kind of what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So how were the, um, obviously, you're very active and, and, and everything. Did you, were you working out still during pregnancy? Yeah, I used to run a lot. I actually used to play soccer. I mean, I played soccer since I was four, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't really want to go. I had soccer scholarships. I didn't want to go away 
for the scholarships because I wanted to stay here. I loved Montana. I loved where I lived, and I had just moved from New York, so I didn't want to leave. And honestly, I was sick of playing soccer all four seasons. <laughs> I just wanted to go to school and focus on school. Right. And then when I had my daughter, I would run a lot, my first daughter. I would run a lot, but I had a lot of complications with both of my pregnancies that I had to be on bed rest. And so that was cut really short um, with both of them. I wasn't able to do anything. I was on mm. bed rest. So Dang. And so you were doing a bunch of cardio with the first one. In the second one, uh, were you yeah. doing cardio still or did you – is that when you started going to weightlifting or – yeah. Um, no, I was still doing cardio mainly. I didn't start weightlifting until after the second one, but I was doing kind of like CrossFit type workouts, more like plyo stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, it was this class called Parisi that they used mm. to have at the gym and it was lots of, uh, lots of like interval training in different stations and Tabata, things like that. And I enjoyed that at the time. I don't know what, what I was thinking cause I was horrible, <laughs> but like party, no, um, <laughs> I was doing that and I tore my placenta actually with my second daughter. We were doing plate pushes down the turf back and forth and I didn't feel any pain or anything. And I just took my other, picked up my other daughter from daycare and put her in the car and drove to the grocery store and then drove home and I was getting out of the car and I just felt like a gush. I was just looked down. I was bleeding all over and I was freaked out. So oh my goodness. I tore my placenta apparently when I was, um, doing plate pushes or working out or something mm -hmm. and so. then and then so you went like immediately to the emergency room yeah and i got put on bed rest for 20 weeks but the scariest part was they told me they don't know if i was going to get better or not because sometimes a subchorionic hemorrhage uh -huh. repairs itself and other times the placenta will completely come off and then you'll miscarry and i was already like in my second trimester oh, so that was really scary to me and it was obviously super important because Whenever I'm sick and I'm told I have to be on bed rest or I have a surgery, I'm like, eh, it's probably fine. And I get mm. up and I do stuff. But this was like, I don't want to kill my bitch. So that was really important for me to actually be on bed rest. So you, so from you being so active and, and obviously, and you were at that time for the second child, you were already a firefighter and a medic already? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a very active, always moving. And, and your job is obviously physical. So you're always yeah. moving and you grew up like that playing sports. And then now you got to be on bed rest for 20 weeks. Yep. Dude, I mean, what? I am like the type of person who goes uh -huh. and goes and goes and goes to like give you an example. I went into labor with my first daughter on a clinical shift because I refused to stay. <laughs> I refused to not do it. Went into labor actually at 8 p.m. and I was supposed to be there till 6 a.m. on an ambulance like clinical shift ride along. It was my last one and I was like, I just need to get through this. Graduation is in two weeks. And oh. I was having contractions all night while I was staying over at the station mm -hmm. and I didn't tell anyone about it. And I actually went on a call and was just, just like sitting there just like <laughs> mm, with contractions. And uh. pretty soon they got really close together and then my water broke and oh. I, I wrote a note to them and I was like, sorry about your bed uh went to hospital and i like slid it under the door because i didn't want to wake anyone up it was like four in the morning oh and my so gosh. I, to, I drove myself to the hospital like like 30 minutes away <laughs> so, and then i went to class then i had my daughter and the night i got out of the hospital i went to class the next night dude uh, dedicated yeah, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> but you've always been like that where it's your mind oh, is like i have to i have to mm-hmm Oh my gosh. So for you, from, from you being like that and, and then going into where, girl, you can't, you get, you're on bed rest. You can't do anything. Cause just like yeah. you mentioned how it does, you don't know if it's going to heal or not. How, yeah. Like, how did you get through it? Like, what did you keep telling yourself 
throughout that whole that whole period of time, the 20 weeks? Um, honestly, I fell into like a really deep depression. I had mm. really bad, they have like postpartum depression, which I didn't even know. I mean, I guess I knew it was a thing, but I never thought it would happen to me. Mm. But mine started during my pregnancy while I was on bed rest. I started having really severe panic attacks out of nowhere for no reason. Just like I'd have panic attacks. I was really depressed. I couldn't do anything for myself. Like I couldn't even get up and go get a snack or something if I wanted to. Couldn't go outside. Couldn't go for a walk because I was so terrified that something was going to happen to her and I just didn't want to move. And like when you are so used to being so active and then just like that, you go to just not being able to do anything at all. Mm -hmm. It puts you in a really bad place mentally to the point where like my doctor said, you need to go be on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds. And I was like, no, no, that's bad for the baby. And she was like, no, you need to do this because this is worse for her to feel this. So I think the biggest thing that probably helped me in that time was my faith. Obviously, I I feel like if I didn't have that, I would have no idea what I was doing. Just nothing. But yeah, no, just that. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You can't do anything. You can't get up and go for a walk or a bike ride to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. So I have to find other ways to cope with my anxiety because previous to that, I would cope with the gym and being active. But how are you supposed to do that? And I feel a lot of people are finding that in quarantine now when the gyms are all closed they're like oh crap how are we supposed to do anything and people need to realize there's more than just like your your physical health is so important but there's more to life than just being able to work out yeah absolutely no exactly and uh whenever obviously that happened and 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 you were you know obviously you had to put everything on hold you know you you can't just like you said not even be able to get up and get yourself a snack like, mm-hmm. what what ways did you find to to cope with you know what you had to do was there did you do stuff like on your phone or did you play like games or something or like what helped you yeah. cope with I actually got a lot into reading um I'm the kind of I'm a self-starter and I love to learn yeah. actually I studied a nutrition textbook just for fun <laughs> while I was in bed <laughs> and I actually that's how I kind of started becoming interested in weightlifting because I sat on my phone all day when I was in bed mm-hmm. or I'd read a book or I'd draw or something watch tv but I couldn't do anything so a lot of the times I found myself on my phone just scrolling through Instagram and this was back in my daughter was born in 2014 October. So this was like 2013, 2014. Okay. I'm on my phone and I'm just going through Instagram. And at the time there wasn't a lot of fitness people on Instagram at that right. point in time. I think that's when it first started becoming popular. Right. And now everyone and their mom has a fitness Instagram, but like literally and some, and some dogs. <laughs> but back then I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I found this one chick on there, Katie Hernfit. She um, really inspired me because I'm like, damn, that girl is thick and I was always thinking that you know pretty was like skinny and I would go to the gym and I was that cardio bunny that would just go right past the weight room and run or Mm -hmm. go on stair climber and do that so I started finding lots of different things and I I was interested in it so I started researching more I got a notebook I filled the whole notebook up with like things YouTube podcasts stuff like that so I had a goal for after I had this baby that I was gonna start weightlifting and I was become a strong bitch so hell yeah dude that's and you are gross I was determined (laughs) okay so baby's baby's born healthy right baby's born healthy and then and then Mm -hmm. you start recovering how was the recover uh, recovering process after that just have after having her my second one wasn't too bad the first one I had the really bad like postpartum depression super Mm -hmm. bad the second one um just a little bit of a period of like anxiety and just kind of 
I don't know, like I was also going, kind of going through the initial split up with their dad, which sucked. So there was that stress on top of it, but I recovered pretty well from her. I actually um, took a full six weeks off of work after having her, which was so hard for me, but I knew I needed to do it because I didn't do that before. I returned right away and it cost me my mental health. Right. So right. I took a full six weeks off with her until I was recovered. And the day she told me I could work out, I was like, I'm going to get my gym membership. <laughs> so as soon as you're able to weight lift, how did that look like? Like whenever you began that journey, like how oh, it did was so, it was so intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was about to 120 pounds soaking wet and I'm five, seven. Oh, like, wow. I was, Gimme. And obviously, I lost a lot of muscle being on bed rest for so long. 20 weeks, yeah. Because you can't do anything. And I didn't have an appetite because I'm not expelling any energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was tiny and it really sucked because I was weak. And I felt like everyone at the gym was staring at me or judging me. Yeah. But I just wear a hoodie, tie it with like a hat and get some sweatpants and big headphones and then just get to work. I mean, and they had just, a plan and I brought like physical pieces of paper with what I was going to do. Yeah. And I like looked at it and I'm like, I'm not going to leave until this is done. And I did that every single day. Nice. See, that's it. Whenever people go into the gym and they're intimidated, like it, it's real. It's a real thing. And females yeah, feel very intimidated guys too. You know, they go in there small and then these big dudes mm-hmm. huffing and puffing on the bench and stuff, you know, it gets scary, yeah, but you um, don't know what to do. you're like afraid of looking stupid or like hurting yourself or, you know, cause yeah. you don't know what you're I had to sit there and physically YouTube exercises and then I'd like look at it and I'd look at the equipment and be like, I don't know. Like obvi- it was obvious. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And see, and it's crazy because nobody knows, like people could look at you and be like, Oh, she's like skinny. She has no, she don't know what she's doing, but they don't know what, what you came from. They don't know about the 20 yeah. weeks. They don't know about that stuff. Yep. I feel like people judge too much, you know, it's like, dude, like, yeah. You're there and you're grinding. Like you're trying to become better. Yep. That's good. Though. That's good. I'm glad that, that everything went out good, and I'm glad that you got into weightlifting. So after that, right, you start doing your thing. How how much do you weigh now? Um, I weigh 165 pounds. Yes, dude, solid. So how was that process of going from 120 soaking wet to going into you know how you are now? I think most of it was mental because you're so used to being skinny and toned and lean and everyone always like my mom was always like you have the cutest little body and like you're like a model and all this stuff and I don't want to be like that like that was what was attractive to my mom like my sister oh she's so perfect like she models because my sister model and stuff Uh but I just started finding being skinny like unattractive and I like wanted to have that muscular figure but I think most of it was mental because as you gain weight obviously you're going to gain fat too yes and it was a lot of like bulking and cutting phases for me to actually get to where I was kind of comfortable. Right. So everything that you learned during your bed rest, you know, all the stuff that you were taking notes on, did uh, you used it, you you implemented for yourself? Yeah, it was mostly an experiment. Like I wish I had known then what I know now because I would have made progress way faster. But I think everybody starts like that. You have to find what works for your own body. Yes. Unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, absolutely. So with you lifting weights and everything that you do now, right? Okay, so whenever I was, uh, so I served in the army for about four years, right? And whenever I was in, uh, fitness was huge. Like it was a big part of my life all the time. Fitness, 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 because I wanted, I worked in a combat uh, MOS. So I wanted to, you know, really be the best I could possibly be. Because it's not just my life, you know, I got people rely on me too, just in case something were to happen to them, you know? So weightlifting, training, always improved me in work like it always improved me how I performed how I acted how I reacted everything 
does weightlifting do the same thing for you with being a paramedic and a firefighter? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing is that weightlifting has create it creates a discipline in you. And if if you don't know, you don't know. But like, mm-hmm. if you're a weightlifter, you know, it creates a discipline in you. I think the biggest thing for me, which with the discipline that you create in yourself from going to the gym and the consistency that builds character in you that you don't realize it does like getting yourself up early in the morning to go do stuff. Nobody wants to do. I mean, no one wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's so good for your mental health and your character as well as obviously a lot of that is age, but a lot of it's weightlifting and having that discipline, which is something that I instill into my kids. If there's something that you want, you have to work for it. No one's going to do it for you. You have to go out there and do it yourself. So I think that's the biggest thing that the weightlifting in like the gym has taught me. And also it's really important for my job. I personally, if you want to see the world's most out of shape firefighters, like go come to Montana. I mean, I just feel like other places that I have been, like I was uh-huh. in Florida. I lived in Florida for a year and I did an explorer program down there when I was a teenager. These guys had mandatory PT every day that they had to do. Hell and yeah. that was part of their job. They had to do that when they were on shift. And I'm over here like none of these people. It's not mandatory. I'd be like, anyone want to work out? Like nobody ever wanted to work out. Wow. And some of these people, you're just like, how? I mean, I personally... It, I'm not going to respect a doctor who is telling me how that, Oh, you need to lose weight. You need to be healthier. If they're like 300 pounds and they're like not healthy themselves, you know? Yes. 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 I'm not going to respect that. So who's going to want a firefighter or a paramedic to come to their house that shows up looking like they just freaking came out of quarantine, eating chips and watching Netflix all day (laughs) because like, you're not going to be there for that person. If you're going to be a public survey and you're going to have one of these jobs, you need to actually make sure you're committed to it, not just for your own safety and health, but for the health and safety of others and the people you're working with. Dude. I've, worked with people, I've worked with men who I was not confident that they could ever pull me out of a burning building if it were to happen. Help me lift a patient. I have done so much of the lifting as far as like being worried I'm going to injure my back because I wasn't getting that effort from the partner that I had. Like. Right. It's, it's crazy. I just don't think a lot of people take it serious enough when they're in these types of careers. But obviously, bigger cities, things like that, places that are harder to get into for work, it's way different. They have mandatory PT. Like, you have to be in shape. That's part of just like it, the military. They're yeah, yeah. PT. Dude, that's crazy. But, you, know, you know, yeah, I, I thought I was like, I thought, because I think the same way as you. I'm, I'm the same way. If someone were to come, if I were to have a doctor and they were like 300 pounds overweight, obese and everything, like sweating just by sitting there, um, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't, me personally, you know, I wouldn't respect, just like you said, right? Like, okay, you're telling me to take care of myself, but like, you're not taking care of yourself. And I thought I was the only one that thought that way. Out there, No, you should go, go work for private EMS companies. So many people, you wouldn't believe the amount of people who like would show up to take care of you. And you're like, Oh, there's no way like this guy's going to like lift me with a broken leg out of my basement to like upstairs or something, you know, and same with, I mean, a lot of people underestimate me, like, don't get me wrong. I've been on calls where I have actually had older men say, Oh, I'm really expecting you to pick me up or like, you're going to carry me and they'll like laugh, you know? And yeah, I look like a small girl, but trust me, I can lift you. No problem. You know, not saying that physically because there are people who are just smaller genetically or whatever out there, but Mm -hmm. they're hella strong. Mm -hmm. And about the people who smoke breaks during their work and like just eat McDonald's every day on shift. 
And that's one of the biggest things like in this career, it's so easy to eat what everybody else is eating because you're all like a group that day and everyone's always going to get fast food because you're always on the move. Right. Dude, that's nuts. So you as a female, you know, working in this field, like you are the one that is kind of above kind of everyone else, like physically. Unfortunately, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are way stronger than me, way faster than me. It's just my own personal experience from working. I haven't worked with any of those people. Like, Mm -hmm. I hold my physical health so high as far as, I mean, it's going to help me to not get sick as much when I'm caring for other sick people all day long. I mean, it's for my own, for me to not bring it home to my children. Like, I want to be strong and I want to be physically healthy so that I can come home at the end of the day to my kids. I don't want to ever have a time in my life when I have to be worried of a physical capability that I may or may not have that could save my life, but I'm just not physically capable of doing it because I didn't put in any of the work or discipline. Dang. See, it's like staying like ready, like always in in jobs like that, you always got to stay ready and that's, that's taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm, For sure. Cause you never know what's going to happen, yo. Like never. Exactly. And I don't want someone on my team or on my shift or my partner who doesn't have the same mindset that I do and doesn't have the same integrity. If you know, what if something happens to me and they're the only person there? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to die, man. <laughs> so <laughs> can't help myself. I mean, I'm a paramedic, but I can't help myself. I am the 911. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Who am I supposed to call? Right. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Did, uh, have you ever had, I'm pretty sure you have, cause you've been doing this for a while, but have you ever had an experience where you, after you were done, you were like, damn, like I, I'm very happy that I do take care of myself because I wouldn't have been able to do that. Oh, I can a million times. <laughs> oh, like, g- give me one good one. I don't even, I'm just thinking like, I, I gotta think of one. I mean, obvious, the obvious one would be fire academy. Like anyone who goes through that when they have to do second story rescue uh-huh. blindfolded and pull a 200 plus pound dummy out of a window right. onto a ladder and carry them down. Like I'm pretty damn thankful that I was lifting at that point in my life. Oh, you but did it. You did it good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> hell yeah, good job. But, um, obviously, someone on our team, like, failed, so we had to do it over again. So I had to yeah. do it more times than once, and I was like, oh, dear. Too easy. Too easy. I'll do it again. <laughs> it's like, this is the worst. <laughs> and blindfolded, so that doesn't help. That's crazy, and, yeah. And you're also carrying how heavy of a charged hose line, like. Right. And all of that, and you only have three people on a crew, so. Dang. So but, how much how much equipment do you normally have to wear? How much does it all weigh? Um, it's anywhere, so it's anywhere from like 55 to 75 pounds as far as turnouts with your SCBA, and then you add stuff, obviously, like I add tools and a belt and things like that, so it could be anywhere for me for like 75-ish pounds extra. Right, so then you got to lift that on top of maybe having to lift someone else out from, you know, any situation, so that's a lot of damn weight. Yeah, for sure. So Especially if one of your teammates is down or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, a charged hose line is is extremely heavy to pull. And then you have tools and you have all that stuff as well. But the dummy that we used was over 200 pounds. So getting that, I think the hardest part was getting it from the floor up into the window mm-hmm. ledge. Because the, the guy that was on my team when I did it was like four foot 
three or something. He was a very, very short dude. And I'm like, oh no, like he's not gonna be able to help me lift it to the window. And so it was, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. I felt like a lot of it was, yeah. I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> dude, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Well, obviously when it comes down to like weightlifting or working out, like I have found it to be a lot more mental than anything. Like you can physically do something if you train for it, but if you, if you have to do something over and over again, as in like intervals or one rep maxes with something else, you know, you're really exhausting your body. You have to get into like a mental uh, zone to where it's like, you know what I need to, this is making me better at this pain. I have to, I have to, you know, actually like love right now because I'm going to have to get through this eventually, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, every time I train, I always think, you know, like uh, I'm not just building me, me physically, I'm building myself mentally yeah. and that is strong. Well, that's why most people fail because they can't, they're not mentally strong enough for it or they, it's not that if I am training someone and they're having a hard time and they're like, I can't do it. And I'm like, you can actually, if you can't do that, lower the weight, like just finish it out, you know, but it's those type of mindsets. Like those are, those are winners, people who go, you know, train despite the odds, but it's, it's all mental. Absolutely. So you, so what do you love about fitness? You personally? Um, I love, I love fitness for my mental health for sure. I just like how, obviously we live in a world where sports are so like celebrated and that's just like our culture that we're in and weightlifting is a sport. You know, I power lifted, I did a couple powerlifting competitions and I just love that with fitness, you're always trying to be better than you were before. Yeah. It's never... It's never just a, oh, I'm going to go to my day job and just do my mediocre, like, job and I'll just be home later. Like, with fitness, you go to the gym and every single time you're there, you're working on improving yourself and beating yourself from the day before. Like, it's you versus you. It's not you versus anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So, whenever, so obviously you're an online coach. So, do you, what do you love about helping other people? I love helping other people. I think, obviously, the reward is amazing. I love it when clients come back to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm a pant size down or I've never made it to this weight. Like, thank you so much. Because I know back then what that was to me when I saw myself making progress and I was becoming addicted to it. I think the biggest thing is knowing that I'm helping people. Like I have a calling on my life to be a paramedic and to help people that way. But I also have a calling to help people so they don't ever end up in those situations. And I love that. Like I think of it like that. I don't think of it just as physical or let's get you hot or get you bikini ready, anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like I think of it as I love this and I love helping you because I can help you to avoid these potential problems in life, but also feel so confident about yourself. And as a woman, that's so hard. So many women deal with insecurity. I was one of them. And now I like, I never question anything anymore. Like I always feel confident. Even if I did eat four pieces of pizza and two donuts yesterday, my laptop (laughs) may or may not be on a Krispy Kreme box. But (laughs) now like, uh, you know, three years ago, I would have beat myself up over that. I would have been like, I'm such a failure. I'm so that and like that girl's so much prettier than me but it seriously changes your mindset and I love seeing that also happen with clients because it's kind of like um it's kind of like Christmas morning when like you're a kid and you get to experience that and then as you get older it goes away but then you have your own kids and you get to like live through them so I'm experiencing like gains through my clients and I'm like yes (laughs) so it just gives me a lot of 
happiness. <laughs> That's awesome. I like, I like that. That also for guys too, as well, you know, like there was a point in time where I yeah. would eat, I would eat too. And I would feel like, Oh, like my definition is gone or like my abs are gone or whatever, you know? And, and whenever you begin to gain control over yourself and you understand the power that you have, whenever you combine yeah. what your body needs to what you want, then, you know, you just have control and you, that guilt goes away. You're just confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's so good. I like sure. that. Like, you know what? I'm going to use these donuts and this pizza and let's hope that they go to my legs in my leg day tomorrow. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to ex- just use it for fuel. Exactly. That's exactly what I think too. Like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to have the most epic workout tomorrow just because I ate yeah. all this food. <laughs> I'm like, I had so many carbs. I can't wait to go lift heavy things. I was sick this week, so I've taken time off. And like I said, yeah. I'm the kind of person who's going, 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 going. I have to physically have people. Like my friends are like, rest, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like no but i know that i need to uh-huh. i want so badly to just get back to it but i'm like no it'll be better for you if you just save your energy and then kill it on monday you know yeah dude hell yeah that's yeah. good that's good I so myself in <laughs> oh, for, so for anyone listening right now that might be struggling with taking the first step into uh bettering their health or their life uh, not just for you know other people like their family but for themselves well, I guess what kind of words of uh, encouragement would you give someone right now that's kind of, you know, nervous or scared to take that first step? I would say that we were all there once at one point. The biggest guy in the gym was also had to start somewhere. So I tell my clients the same thing when they're feeling down or they go to the gym or they're intimidated or they see other people making progress that this is your own personal battle and this is your own personal journey. All of those people had to start from the same place and you can't expect to be on level seven on their level seven when you're starting at level one. So realize right away, you know, set some goals for yourself, make a vision board. Maybe it's like pictures of the body you want or the job you want to have. If you want to be a firefighter, you're going to have to get fit. If you want to be a police officer, you should probably start working out, you know, like make a vision board for yourself, make a plan for yourself because nobody ever succeeds without a plan. I just feel like if you just are like, I'm going to show up at the gym and I'm going to work out that never actually works like that. Right. Get a plan, start with a plan. I always recommend getting a coach, obviously, because like I said, I, w- I probably wasted a lot of time with just doing my own thing here and there. Whereas if I had a coach to tell me what to do, I would have made progress faster, mm-hmm. would have learned, would have known what I know now. But if obviously a lot of people can't afford a coach, things like that, there's so many resources out there. Like I went on bodybuilding.com and printed out free workouts for every day of the week for my goal. And I just took that and I did it. I would go to the gym. I wouldn't focus on who was watching me or who was thinking what about me. I'd wear hoodies or big t-shirts until I felt confident enough to actually start, you know, dressing differently or wearing tighter leggings or wearing crop tops. I didn't start out just showing up at the gym in a crop top and some leggings and like, damn, I was, (laughs) I was intimidated. Like I was small and I knew it. And that, that created insecurity in me, but I'm not going to compare myself to the girl in the gym squatting like 200 pounds when it's my first day. Yeah. So I think also the process is never by quitting. You're never going to see the reward. So a lot of people, that's the biggest thing I see personally being a coach is um, my clients who are killing it. They're the ones who are putting in the work day in and day out. They're the ones who are like, coach, I had a bad day. I ate this. I did this. I'm like, okay, cool. Start back up tomorrow. Like, 
the people who are going to fail are the ones who are like, Oh, I'm a failure. I'm just going to quit. Or they start for a week and then they give up like people like that never win in life. And so you have to want it bad enough and you have to set your mind to it. Ah, oh, that was good. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Like you have to be willing as coaches, we can give you everything you need, but oh, yeah. we can't, we can't give you that, everything. that drive. Everything. And I still have clients. Like I had this one client that, uh, she was like cursing me out and I've never had a client like this before because I put a lot of effort and time into my clients. I give them my personal cell number. I'm like, text me if you're having a bad day. Text me if you are sad because you feel like you look fat today. I don't care what it is. Like text I'm available to them all the time. And that's what a good coach does. Mm -hmm. But I have this one girl who just, I gave, I gave her her meal plan. I gave her her workouts. And like a week later, she's like, you're a horrible coach. You didn't provide me accountability. And I'm like, listen, Linda, I'm not going to call you up and come to your house and slap food out of your hand and like call you every day and say, Hey, did you eat your meals today? Did you do your workouts? Did you drink your water? Like, that's not what a coach does. A coach is not a babysitter. Like I'm going to provide you the tools and I'm going to be here for like questions and help and encouragement along the way. But people who are expecting you to do everything for them, that it just doesn't work like that. Yes. That's it. Perfect. 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 What a way to, to, to finish this off. That was, that was excellent. Like excellent. That's very true. Cause you know, we can't, we can help people all day, every day, but if they don't want it at the end of the day, it's never going to happen. You know? No, I, I mean, I have patients on the ambulance like that. If, if you don't want to be helped, like if you're not going to help yourself, I can't help you. So. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So, so everyone listening right now, if you, you know, have grabbed any sort of value or you're just loving everything that, that Presley's saying and you can, you know, you feel, you know, what she's putting out or you can relate to her at all. All we ask is that you simply share out this episode to your Instagram story, Snapchat, Facebook. The more people can get to listen to these episodes, the more lives that we can all change together. But for everyone wondering right now, what were, like if they want to ask you questions, Presley, or they want to get coaching or whatnot, where can they find you? Um, so I have a website, PresleyKPFit.com. Uh, I do have a form on there that people can fill out for coaching inquiries. Basically, it's like their name, their age, a little bit of a history of your fitness, like what your goals are. And I usually get back to those within 24 business hours. I always respond to them. Um, Also, people can message me on Instagram. A lot of the times it's hard to message on Instagram because there's so many um, follow requests and dm requests that i don't always see all of them and instagram's tripping out all the time so i don't always see all of them but like i usually encourage people to message me on instagram and then comment on like my most recent post and be like hey i dm'd you about coaching or something and then i can go look for their name or i can click on their name and hit the message and then i can actually see it okay nice nice awesome awesome so Take advantage of that, everyone. Um, so if you want to learn more about her or ask her any questions or whatnot, you go ahead and, and do so. Uh, but you know how we do it over here, y'all. This is your host, Coach Matt. You're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. And we had an amazing guest speaker, Presley Pritchard. And as usual, y'all, get out there, train hard. Live strong. <laughs> All right, y'all. Goodbye. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode or guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardlifton.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.